0: Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum and this is episode 52. So today I'm going to be sharing some tips about how to develop and grow personally as a facilitator and educator. How can we go from good to great? But before that last week I was sharing the principles, the foundations, the practices behind my VTM method and I shared eight ways it can help you to engage your audiences. So do go back and listen to episode 51 when you get a chance. And as always, you can support the show. You can do this by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll put a link in the show notes and the show notes go to my website thinkingmuseum.com forward slash podcast and this is episode 52. So now let's get on with today's show. So I've just finished teaching a course in my membership programme about developing our personal facilitation style. We've had four classes over the last four months and we've covered a huge range of subjects in our time together. We've thought about how we might define our personal style. We've looked at our strengths and defined areas for growth We've discussed when we've been at our best as a facilitator and the different hats we were wearing at the time. We've defined our purpose statements and looked at our core values. We've even dipped our toes into emotional intelligence and discussed how we can find more flow in our work. And finally, we brought it all together and we created an action plan for growth and challenged ourselves to define our personal style in 280 characters or less. That's a tweet. And at the end of the class, I shared some final tips and thoughts on how to grow and develop further. And it really got me thinking, what are our top tips for growing and developing personally? So today I'm sharing my list of top tips and some I've crowdsourced from educators on Twitter and sharing a variety of ways that you can continually grow and develop and stay fresh. So let's get on with it. Number one is find a coach or a mentor. So although coach and mentor are terms that are used interchangeably, they're not the same thing. But having someone that will be able to guide you and help you grow professionally and personally is invaluable. In general, a coach will ask you more questions and help you to find the answers within yourself, whilst a mentor will share more from their own experience. Now, do bear in mind that this is a very quick definition, and I know it can be more nuanced than this, but... For today, that's a good place to start thinking about it. And if you're stuck in a rut or want to change something about your practice, then a coach or a mentor can help you to find your way. Also, if you're looking for inspiration, then working with a mentor or coach will also help you. You need to find someone who will inspire you, someone who can motivate you to grow and develop your own unique facilitator styles. So there are lots of mentoring programmes with national organisations. So the Group for Education in Museums, or Gem has a Fab Mentoring Program that's in the UK, and their program actually inspired NEMO's one, that's the Network of European Museum Organizations, and they created one too in partnership with GEM. So see what's available in your area, or you could come and get some mentoring and coaching with me. I'm currently working one-to-one with a few members from my membership program, and I'll be opening this up more fully later in the year too. Okay, number two is watch others at work. So seeing how other educators and facilitators work can be a real eye-opener for your practice. You can see firsthand how others ask questions. You can see how they connect with their group. You can see how they engage their participants with the artwork. And you can also see how they make everyone feel comfortable enough to participate Now, I think now it's a lot easier to watch other educators and facilitators at work. We can participate in live webinars, group discussions and lots more online. You can also watch others on YouTube and on social media platform. And by doing this... It really helps you to increase your own awareness of your skills and strengths and provides inspiration and new ideas as you get to see others using new or different methods. And as you observe your peers or your colleagues or others' work, just pay attention to how they are doing what they are doing. Look at how the participants or the audience react to them. Make a note of the questions that work well. Listen to the language that they use and the way they phrase things. Watch body language and how silence is used or not used. Jot down things that work and things that don't work as well. And as a side note, don't just watch people in your field. Watch people outside your field too. We can always get inspiration from elsewhere as well. So number three is about creating a community of practice. So this is what we create on my VTMO course and in my membership program. It's about bringing together a group of people who are all interested in growing and developing. So connect with other educators and facilitators and build a network, share ideas, ask questions, get feedback. Now in our membership we get together online, we do practice sessions, coaching sessions together. We also share ideas and resources and best practices and we reflect on what works and what doesn't. And actually in my VTMO course, Practice is the only homework that I ever assign to the participants. It's really an essential element of the course as it's the only way you can start making the method your own. And course participants can form practice groups together and try things out. And it helps them to get used to using the new thinking routines with collections. And in our coaching sessions in the membership, we take it in turns to lead discussions around objects or artworks and for these sessions the uh, facilitators have to set goals and outcomes and we discuss these afterwards after they've given their session. We give and receive feedback together and Also, participants are encouraged to watch themselves back on video afterwards. So after the coaching session, the video comes out and I encourage everyone to watch themselves, to reflect on what went well and what they could do differently next time. So you can create your own community of practice by getting a group of like-minded educators or facilitators or guides together and having regular meetups If you want, you can do it in the museum. Everyone can take turns in leading a discussion about an artwork or an object, and then you can share feedback afterwards too. Okay, number four is develop a reflective practice. So I talked about this at length in episode 29, and a reflective practice is simply the art of thinking about or reflecting on what you do. It's the ability to reflect on your actions... So that you can learn from them and continue to learn from them. And having a reflective practice helps us to be more self-aware, more creative and more innovative. Again, it gives us this understanding of our strengths and perhaps our weaknesses. It helps us to learn from those experiences that perhaps don't go according to plan and to reframe them as a learning opportunity. So, in essence, having a reflective practice is about learning from everything we do. And having this practice helps us to do that on a moment-by-moment basis. Now, with a reflective practice, as opposed to reflection, they are not the same thing. We record our reflections in a systematic way, and there are many ways that you can do this. You can do journaling, free or reflective writing... Or you could share and talk about your experiences regularly with others, too, in a community of practice. So, for example, on my VTMO course, which has just started, I ask all participants to start a new notebook. And throughout the course, in the live classes, I'll ask questions for their journals. And these questions might be about how their thinking has developed about VTM over time so from say the start of the course to the midpoint or to what they want to work on next and these journal entries are intended as a reference point so that participants can refer back, note their progress, spot any patterns and use it to inspire new thinking as well. So by adopting a reflective practice, you'll develop a questioning approach to your work. You'll stop and pause to think about why things are as they are and how they might be in the future. You'll consider the strengths and areas of development in your own practice. You'll question why learning experiences might be this way and consider how to develop them. So if you really want to go into a deep dive on reflective practice, do go and listen to episode 29 for much more info. Okay, number five, take stock of your best bits regularly. So thanks to Alice LePage for coining this phrase on Twitter. It's a phrase that's really struck with me. And she said, having learnt from various organizations through freelancing, I compiled the best bits within my practice. And I think that this is a wonderful suggestion. So take time to regularly take stock of your strengths and what you're good at. And in the beginning of this episode, I mentioned this course, Finding Your Personal Facilitator Style. And at the start of the course, everybody filled out a strengths wheel. And this asked participants to rate themselves on a scale from first steps to super strong strong, on a range of skills that they use regularly in their practice. So things like um, their toolbox of techniques, their engagement skills, to how confident they felt. And then we inquired into why they had rated themselves as they did. And they came up with actions that they could take to move forward and grow. So you can use an activity like this as a way of looking at where your strengths lie as an educator and facilitator and to think about how you can bring your best bits into your personal style as a facilitator. Okay, we're moving along to number six, continue learning. So a willingness to continue learning should really be at the heart of going from good to great and continuing to grow and develop in your practice. We are never done. There should be a desire to keep honing your craft. And you can do this in all sorts of ways, from reading widely, joining a book club with peers like we have in the membership, taking courses on specific topics that you'd like to learn more about or perhaps ones that are outside your comfort zone, Or even classes that will add to your toolbox. You can learn from others by watching them work and stay open to ideas and to change too. Okay, the next one. Have a good foundation. It's good to be learning continuously, as I've just said. And it's good to be influenced by new ideas, techniques and tools. It's great to experiment without fear. But... It's always good to have a bedrock or a solid foundation to come back to. This is what underpins your work and is something that you return to time after time. The best facilitators and educators have a solid foundation. And for me, this is the VTM method that I've been developing over the last 11 years. This is my foundation. The thinking routines, the questioning skills, the facilitation, the close looking, the collaborative learning. This is where everything comes from in my work. And these are the tried and tested techniques that I know will have the most meaning with the groups I work with. And finally, the last way for growing and developing personally is have a plan, but be flexible. So it's good to have a plan, but the way we grow is actually by being flexible too. Life is unpredictable and all sorts of things can happen, especially when we facilitate with groups. And chances are, if we're flexible, we'll learn something new in the process. So be prepared for changes and embrace them. Sometimes you just need to go with the flow. Accepting this could perhaps be the best advice for going from good to great. So there you have it. Eight ideas for how to go from good to great and how to grow and develop personally in your practice. And if you'd like to join a community of practice, don't forget our new Facebook group, The Slow Looking Club. It's a great place for conversation and discussion for engaging with art, objects and life a bit more slowly. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.